Hi, this is Amber. Welcome to today's podcast. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. For those of you that are new to this channel, I'm a Reiki master teacher, a shamanic practitioner and a seer. And so the work that I offer is the Core Wound Healing Program, the Life Purpose Program, as well as Sacred Union Sessions, one-to-one coaching and healing, mentoring and the Abundant Sessions. All the information is on the website, so do check it out, sacredspacehealing.org. Thank you to everyone that listens in and for all your lovely messages of support. And as I tend to say, if you have appreciated the podcasts, then donate to appreciate. There's a donate button on the website, sacredspacehealing.org, and you can donate as much as or as little as you feel called to. And you can also leave a lovely review on iTunes or share on social media. Um, I am not affiliated with anyone. I'm not uh, run by some agency. I'm not trying to sell you anything. Um, I don't have a marketing person. My social media isn't run by a team of people. I don't have a fancy studio that I'm recording in. It's me, my laptop, and a microphone, and that's why it can sound a bit um, unfinished. It's not edited, so everything is raw. I literally press record, and then I only stop if I need to cough, or if the doorbell goes, or if something disastrous happens. Um, So it's as if we were in a room together, and we were having a conversation. And a lot of what's out there at the moment in terms of content has been very slickly um, uh, marketed and edited and, you know, we're being sold spirituality in buckets now. But um, I keep this real and so all your donations go right back into creating more free content to help as many people as possible who resonate with the work. The website, again, is sacredspacehealing.org. So some of you know I took a bit of time out from the podcast for a while Um, And a lot of that was to set better boundaries in terms of the work, but also for self-care. And at some point I will share uh, what that journey has been like, the self-care journey um, and the self-healing journey. But as I step back into the work and step back into the podcasts, um, I'm just shining a light on different areas that have uh, come up for me. And so today I'd like to shine a light on toxic gurus. I mean, it's kind of amazing when you look at what's going on right now in social media and just out there in terms of spirituality and it really has exploded and I think because so many people in many ways feel very um, rejected, uh, disillusioned with mainstream medicine, mainstream you know, mental health uh, support even, they're turning to spirituality and that's a good thing, it's a good thing that we're looking for other ways of healing ourselves But spirituality has slowly been infiltrated for the last 10 years by people who lack integrity. And it took me a really long time to realize that because I sat in a lot of circles with a lot of teachers and gurus and I was shocked at the stuff that I was seeing. I couldn't believe it. It You couldn't get further away from truth, integrity or spirituality than the stuff that I was witnessing. And I didn't understand why people who said that they were, you know, in the light or doing good work could have such harmful intentions but what I came to realize was that a lot of people who go into spirituality you know and want to become names in spirituality have this great desire for applause and recognition like when you when I've actually talked to a lot of these people and I have mixed with I've had quite an amazing life in that I've mixed with all kinds of people from all different walks of life you know names to non-names whatever you want to in inverted commas and so I've got to see a lot of different sides of people and when I've mixed with these spiritual circles 
so many of these gurus, these kind of self-proclaimed teachers and gurus, want the applause. They want the publishing deals. They want to do these festivals. They want to stand on that stage. They want the limelight. And it never really sat very comfortably with me. I mean, I, I sort of followed them to these spaces a little bit. And then it always felt wrong. And I wondered why. And then I looked back at my inspirations, like Gandhi or like, you know, Jesus, the life of Jesus or the prophets that we've had. And yes, they did stand on the stage and say, I have a message for you. But they weren't doing it for fame. In fact, fame was not what they wanted. And they often went into retreat and periods of quiet time and lived very humble lives because they didn't want to get caught up in the trappings of fame. The minute you get caught up in the trappings of fame, you will sell your soul because in order to get the publicity that you want to be famous, to to get your message out there, you're going to have to bow to someone else's um, dictates. And the reason why people like Gandhi and Jesus were persecuted so much was because they refused to bow to dictates. They they only stood in solidarity, in alignment with their truth, with God's spirit universe. Now, the gurus that we have today that are telling us that they are in alignment with God's spirit universe aren't. And how do I know this? Well, you can find this information out for yourself as well. It just takes a bit of research. Um, I know it because I've done my research, but also because I've sat in circles with a lot of these people and I've seen what goes on. I've seen behind the smoke and the mirrors. It's a fact that in order to get ahead in our society, the way society is constructed at the moment, you have to be bowing to the dictates of a very small percentage of society, an, an, an elite, if you like, a very small percentage, like 1%. If you play to their rules and their game and do their bidding, you will be allowed to climb up the the greasy pole, so to speak, you know, that slippery ladder, and you will get all the publicity and all the support and all the kind of, you know, um, marketing behind you. If you dare to question the status quo, if you dare to question the elite, then the 1%, you will be, your roots will be blocked your pathways will be blocked, weird things will start happening to you, and it will be very difficult. You know, your your marketing platforms like social media or whatever, suddenly content will disappear and so forth. And this is happening all the time. Do your research. It's out there. It's happening to people that are daring to put their head above the water and try and speak something that is against the status quo. So therefore, when we have these people that are elevated to status of guru and they're telling us all this stuff that they say are spiritual truths, we have to question how they got there. Because if they were really giving us spiritual truths that were going to transform us and change the very fabric of society, who's allowing them to put this information out there? They, they would be stopped. Why are they not being stopped? They're not being stopped because they're being funded. They're being fueled by unseen forces that we know very little about. Toxic gurus sit in front of a camera um, and tell us how to live our lives. They tell us that we need to be more compassionate, we need to be more loving, we need to be more uh, giving, we need to be more kind. Now these aren't bad concepts, but what they have done is made people believe that spirituality is about just being a doormat, or just being kind, or um, excusing bad behaviour because we're all on a journey, or we are all one, so we have to become homogenised. And a lot of truisms, like love and unconditionality and so forth, have become ways of disempowering us, of making us weak, of making us sheep, basically, of making us not individuals and not think for ourselves and not celebrate what is our own truth. We only see the finished product. 
So you only see what's on social media. You only see the finished video or the finished podcast that's been recorded. But have you seen how many people were in that room? Have you seen how many ring lights, as they're called? You know, how many lights did they have on them so they got that special glow in their eyes? How many filters have been applied to that video? Have you seen how many marketing people were there? How many makeup artists? How many sound artists were there? mixing the sound so that the, the resonance of their voice was just right for you? How many makeup artists were there giving them that dewy glow that you think is down to their vegan lifestyle and their um, daily meditation practice and yoga? It could be, but it may not be. Um, have you seen how many people are managing their social media? A lot of their social media is, is booked, is kind of created months and months and months in advance. They're not sitting there every day religiously recording a video for you. They can't do that. It's a, it's a very impossible task. Many years ago, I created some free content for YouTube, you know, 21 Days to a Daily Practice and 21 Days to More Love in Your Life. It was guidance from spirit, and I felt really compelled to do it. I'd never done anything like that before. I'm a really private person. And I used my laptop, and I would record. I didn't have a camera. just used a little camera on my laptop. And every day, I would record a video message that was between 10 to 15 minutes long. Now, I thought it would be really simple. I thought I would just press record and that would be it. It used to literally take me half a day. I would get up in the morning really early. I'd get up at like five, six o'clock so I would get good sunlight because I didn't have lighting people. And I would put my laptop near the window. And on rainy days, it was tricky because the light wasn't great. And then I would uh, just meditate on what I was going to talk about. I never had any notes or anything. But I had, it, I had it in my head. And then I would press record. And invariably something would happen. So the doorbell would go. Someone would be lawn mowing outside my window. Um, I might lose my train of thought. Something might happen. But I would tr- always do it in one take. Sometimes I would do two or three takes and i just have to delete the dud ones because there was noise disturbance or I dropped something. But then you have to upload the video. So the rendering and the uploading of the video, if you don't have fancy equipment, actually takes quite a lot of time. And sometimes if you're just doing it on your laptop, it can be a real pain because it doesn't render properly. And that means that the sound is out of sync with the image. And that if you look at my videos on YouTube, you'll see sometimes that's happened. Um, Then you have to upload it to the social media channel or to the video sharing channel. And that can take between an hour to two or three hours sometimes, depending on the length of your video. And if you lose internet connection or if something happens, then you have to start all over again. So all in all, the process would take me a good half day. I mean, it was like a day's work to upload one, like, between 10 to 12-minute video. Think about how much content is out there from your favorite guru. Do you actually think that they get up in the morning and record that video for you so that you can then have that content fresh on that day? That content has been recorded in a studio, probably, or in their home with a big team of people behind them. They've probably done it in a month um, or a couple of weeks, uh, like a filming schedule, and they've just gone bang, 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 and they've gone through all these topics, changed their costume, changed their makeup, changed the backdrop, and now it's all ready to be filtered out. Do you think they're actually sitting there in their home every day recording content for you, like the, the kind of naive little fool that I was when I was doing it? They're on a beach somewhere. They're on holiday. They're not They're not there. I was on... Uh, social media the other day and a very famous uh, star had posted how great it was that lockdown was ending and finally that we could have some freedoms 
And it was hilarious because some people had said, uh, you just tagged on the other side of the world with uh, so-and-so in a restaurant. You're not suffering lockdown like we are. And I thought, oh my goodness, how wonderful that people are starting to wake up to the fact that the stuff that you're seeing on social media, that these sort of self-proclaimed gurus and these celebs and these stars are selling us is not true, that it's pre-recorded. And that's the danger of getting all our information from the internet, is that we don't know what the truth really is. It's all smoke and mirrors. I mean, that's that's really what the entertainment world is about, entertainment, smoke and mirrors. And if we think that it's the truth, then then we've we've seriously lost our way. So we don't know the team behind our self-proclaimed gurus. We don't know what their intention is. We don't know who's funding them. We don't know who's giving them the script. A lot of our self-proclaimed gurus tell us to live these lives of humility and service, but they don't live lives of humility and service. They're living in multi-million dollar homes, beach houses. They have properties all around the world. Uh, If you go to their workshops, if you buy their books, um, if you go on their courses, you see how much money they charge. Yes, there is some free content, as as I've said before, like with the dealer, that free content hooks you in and then you're willing to pay whatever it takes because you want to be like them. They sell you a dream. They sell you an ideal. They say, if you do the things that I did, you could have the life that I have. You could have the house. You could have the car. You could have the money in the bank. You could have the celebrity status. But they're not telling you the full story. They're not telling you where they came from, really, or who's funding them now, or who funded them during the difficult times. Someone once said something like this about, um, you know, those uh, rags-to-riches star stories. Oh, I was working in a restaurant one day, and I got discovered by a director that actually those stories, a lot of them have just been made up. They're not true. I've met people like that who've made stories up like that. Oh, I was a drug addict and then I turned my life around because it's a good story and it gets people's sympathy and attention and, and, and people warm to you. But actually having met the person and known them and then seen the story that they created, I knew that they were lying, that, that the stories of their addiction weren't true, um, that they'd grossly exaggerated them in order to kind of get that that sort of sympathy vote from audiences. So similarly, you know, you get those stories of, oh, I was working in a cafe and I got discovered. Or actually, they weren't working in a cafe and got discovered. They Their dad knew so-and-so, he knew so-and-so and got them their first gig. But that's not sexy, is it? That's not, that's not inspirational. Oh, I got my first job because my dad did it for me. That's not inspirational. It's inspirational to say, oh, I was working in a cafe and someone discovered me. So similarly for our gurus, you know, that, oh, I I had nothing, I was sleeping in a bin, and then, you know, one day I discovered meditation and my life changed. Now, for some people, that is very true. But for a lot of people, what they're not telling us is that mummy and daddy had loads of money and took them to some wealthy clinics or paid for them to go to ashrams or paid for them to travel the world to discover themselves or um, they were married to someone with loads of money or they had uh, siblings who could help them. Like, they're not telling you that. They're not giving you the full story of what allowed them to get to where they are today because that's not inspirational. You know, if if the full story is I couldn't have done this without the bank of mum and dad, well, how does that inspire anyone else to follow anything that they're now telling you to follow, which is their brand of spirituality? And this is why I say that a lot of these gurus are toxic. There are gurus that people have followed for years, decades, and they never really resonated with me, and I never knew why, and then recently information has come out about how they was there was child trafficking there was all kinds of dodgy shit going on in their circles in their workshops in their ashrams in their 
you know, their, their wherevers around the world. And I realised that my gut was onto something. My gut knew that these people weren't right in some way. I've shared before that I've sat in circles and seen the toxicity in circles. I've seen the way that energy has been manipulated and the way um, teachers will feed off the vulnerable. They know you're vulnerable because you're sharing your stories in circle. You're saying, you know, in workshops, this is my wounding, this is my this is my story, this is my trauma. You wouldn't be there if you weren't traumatised in some way and if you weren't wounded. And then they take advantage of that and they feed off that and you become fodder. And one of the things that I find really distasteful about toxic gurus is that they're feeding off people's vulnerability, need. It's vampiric. Um, if they really wanted to assist people, they'd just be assisting people. There wouldn't be this great desire, this great hoo-ha for, for fame and recognition. And that's not to say that they shouldn't be an exchange. There has to be an energetic exchange. Of course, we pay for our healings. We pay for our teachings. But some of the stuff that we're being asked to fork out, some of the amounts of money we're being asked to fork out, um, are frankly ludicrous. And if we look at the lives that these people are living, they don't even need the money. Like They could take a nominal amount. They could say, my fee is going to stay at this amount, but they don't do that. They could say, oh, I'm not going to take any money from my book deal, or I'm not going to take any money from the next workshop. They don't do that. And then you look at where they live in these multi-million, multi-billion dollar homes around the world, and you think, well, they're doing all right, aren't they? Of course they're doing all right, because they're feeding us ways of being that enable... Uh, enable their lifestyle, enable their um, their privilege. And meanwhile, we are getting dregs. We're not getting the full picture, and we're buying into um, forms of spirituality that are often misdirection, um, that often weaken us, and that there isn't a one-size-fits-all. You know, not, it doesn't work for everyone to, um, to forgive. Uh, it doesn't work for everyone to... Uh, to be the trauma goddess, you know, I've done another pod podcast on this. It doesn't work for everyone to follow slavishly these principles. You have to find what works for you and then and then embody that. You know, it's ultimately spirituality. Any spiritual path is about you getting to understand yourself better and loving yourself for who you are and then being who you are in the world, not who that mala bead wearing guru is. And, and we've got too much of that and they all look the same. So, you know, these days, if I ever scroll through any spiritual kind of websites, everyone's got the same happy, beaming face. Uh, you know, they're wearing white. They're doing a namaste. Uh, they look, they're trying to look really reverent. Got their eyes shut and their hands on their heart. And you're just like, oh, my God, please. Are you for real? Like, for real? I want to see a guru having a bad day. Like, I want to see a guru screaming and shouting and swearing and just going, oh, bloody hell, you know, the, the bulb is fused again and, oh, the binman didn't take out the bags yesterday and, oh, I'm pissed that it's raining. You know, I just want to see a guru that's real because no one lives in these Zen states. Even our great prophets didn't live in these Zen states. And it's bullshit and we're being sold bullshit, toxic spirituality. So I'm gently in my way shining a light on that and just saying ask some questions like really ask some questions about what you're being fed I'm quite amazed when I see people's comments sometimes to these posts you know people are like oh I really needed to hear that that's really transformed my life you're amazing and you just think um you know nothing about this person you literally know nothing about this person you just know what they're feeding you and you're buying into it and I think uh 
But when we're on a certain path of our journey, we want gurus. You know, when I was doing my videos, a lot of people left lovely comments for me. But I didn't want the guru status, you know. I didn't want to be elevated. I didn't want people to think that I was special in some way. I was just doing something that really made me happy. And no one was doing videos like that at the time, you know, daily videos. Yeah, it was quite a while ago that I did these. And, you know, a lot of people started emulating and copying and there was a lot of jealousy. But I did it because it was a guidance from spirit and I did it because it made me happy. And I didn't make money out of it. They're still free and they're still out there. And I remember people saying to me I should market it this way and I could make money out of it that way. And I just thought, well, that's not why I'm doing it. I just want to leave something behind. I want to leave a legacy behind. And, you know, if you can't afford a course or you can't afford to sit in a circle with me or you can't afford to have a healing, for whatever reason, you know, those videos are free and they're out there. And if you followed the 21 days to... Um, a daily practice, it will change your life. Um, and there's a lot of content there. And I think, uh, you know, times have changed so much now that content has become about misdirection and about redirecting you to the buy now button. And that's how marketing works and that's how business works. And I've sat with, you know, website designers and I've sat with businessmen who've said, if you do this, this and this, more people will click on your page, more people will want to buy your product or service. And although that does work, uh, what I was finding was that I just, you know, it, it, it became like a gravy train. Do you know what I mean? It became like a train, like a tra railway station. And now I take on a few clients every month and they're people that I want to work with. And the work is deep and the work is honored and it's respected. And, you know, that's how I want to work. But if you want to climb that greasy pole it's very easy to do there's plenty of people who enable you to do that but along the way you have to water down your ways of working you have to water down your integrity and your spirituality to make it more palatable um, and then the moment you do that you're selling out and then the moment you do that you know what is the point of even doing the work that you're offering so I shine a light on that I ask you to question what you see I ask you to question what's going on behind the screen um, and do your research and pick wisely, you know, pick your gurus wisely. Maybe there aren't any gurus out there for you. You know, maybe you're not a guru person. Maybe you just need to take the information where you can get it from, decipher what's right for you and become your own guru. Because ultimately, that's what we're all here to be, is our own best teacher, our own best healer, or our own best guru. Uh, so wherever you are on your journey, I wish you much joy, love, peace and abundance. The website is sacredspacehealing.org. That's sacredspacehealing.org. Until the next time.